Hi! Welcome back to Story Time with Tula Jane and Mother in the Wild. Thank you, Tula Jane. Today we will read Two at the Top, A Shared Dream of Everest by Uma Krishnaswamy. And this is a very special dedication to our new friends, Samuel and Max. Are you ready? Get cozy! My name is Tenzing Norgay. My name is Edmund Hillary. When I was a child, a boy like other Sherpa boys in Nepal, I herded our yaks up the steep slopes to the edge of the rocks where no grass grew. When I was a child, a scrawny kid in New Zealand attended my father's bees. I climbed higher and higher to where the air thinned and I could see the mountain cloaked in clouds. Chamulangma, named for a goddess touching the sky. While other children played, I dreamed of climbing all the way up to the mountain's crown. I walked half a mile to school, barefoot, in frost or fine weather. I took long walks and cut across the paddocks, jumping over fences with a stick in my hand, my mind far away, dreaming of adventure. I was hungry for the snow-flecked peaks, wind-whipped, ice-bound. I didn't know how, but I knew that one day I'd climb to the very top. My family laughed. <laughs> what wild ideas. I was 16 when I saw my first mountain. Rao Pahu on New Zealand's North Island. When I climbed it, it took hold of me. My brother sometimes climbed with me, but I was the one who was wild about mountains. Running away to the city, I hired myself out to carry loads for the foreign climbers flocking to Nepal's high ranges. Slowly, slowly, carrying loaded packs on my back, climbing many mountains, I grew stronger. My dream became a vision. When war broke out, I joined the Air Force. A training camp, I spent weekends climbing mountains near the military base. Shipped out to the Pacific Front, I saw the war end. Before a boating accident sent me home again to the peaks I loved. Once more, I took care of my father's base, and every chance I got, I climbed. Sacred to my people, the mountains were my friends. Open crevices, rumbling avalanches, glowing blue-green glaciers, I came to know them all. I triumphed up every mountain I could in New Zealand and Australia. When my parents traveled to Europe, I went with them, but I went climbing. Five peaks in the Swiss Alps in five days. Six times, then seven, I climbed Chumulungma. The English call it Everest, but never to the top. Not yet. I joined Himalayan climbers, even tried Everest, but didn't make it to the top. Not yet. Now, here we are. In 1953, we have made our way up icefalls, over glaciers, battling winds that roar like a thousand tigers. Now, we have been climbing Everest for 80 days, crawling on rope bridges, hacking footholds with ice picks. In the murky dawn, 
We have only a thousand feet to go. Onward, cutting steps into the ice, blinded by sunlight on snow. Up a crevice whose edges slip and shift with every heartbeat. Up a steep ridge, then sliding down, down, groping for a foothold, struggling back up again. Listening, listening for the roar of the next avalanche. Test the ropes, jam the ice axe into the crevice. Secure the lines up and up, and there it is. A rounded, snowy dome. Ice everywhere. We haul ourselves between rock and ice. A few more whacks of the ice axe in the firm snow. And here we stand at the top of Chamulungma. Tweeche! That is how we say it in Sherpa. I am grateful. Here we are at the top of the world, at the summit. Mount Everest. Hmm. What a wonderful story of hope and determination and practice and skill and dreaming and reality. Thank you so much for listening to my very funny ways of depicting those two climbers' accents. I hope I didn't offend anybody. And I'm just going to read this little part at the end of the book that asks us to imagine Mount Everest. Imagine you are standing at the top of the world on the summit of Mount Everest. If a jet plane passed by, you could wave at the passengers looking through the windows. The mountain's altitude was measured in 1954 at 29,028 feet. That's 8,848 meters above sea level. Now, Nepal and China have jointly announced a new official height of 29,032 feet. That's 8,849 meters. At about five and a half miles, which is nine kilometers high, that means the distance between sea level and the mountain's peak remains greater than that of any other mountain. There are other ways to measure a mountain's height. Nearly 33,500 feet, which is 10,211 meters, from base to summit, Mauna Kea on the island of Hawaii is taller than Mount Everest, but much of it is underwater. With 13,796 feet or 4,205 meters, of the mountain rising above sea level, Mauna Kea's altitude is lower than Everest's. The Earth is not a perfect sphere. Its diameter is greater at the equator. Because of this, Chimborazo, a mountain in Ecuador, is 3,967 miles or 6,384 kilometers above the Earth's center, about 1.2 miles or 2 kilometers farther above than Mount Everest. Still, Everest remains the mountain with the greatest height measured from sea level to peak. Mount Everest stands on the border between two countries, Nepal and China, in the mountain range called the Himalaya. 
10 of the world's 14 tallest peaks are in these mountains. The range was formed about 45 million years ago by the northward drift of the Indian subcontinent, pushing the land that was once at the bottom of the sea up against the rest of Asia, causing it to fold into giant peaks. The mountain is named for George Everest, the leader of a massive project to measure and map India. Begun in 1802, the Great Trigonometrical Survey of India took over 60 years to complete. It established Mount Everest as Earth's highest mountain above sea level. Tenzing Norgay and Edmund Hillary were not alone on their famous expedition. The team, over 400 strong, was led by mountaineer John Hunt and included 362 porters, 20 Sherpa guides, and close to 10,000 pounds, which is 4,536 kilograms, of baggage. Hillary and Norgay remained in touch off and on throughout their lives, becoming not just mountaineering teammates, but good friends. In 1960, Hillary founded the Himalayan Trust, an organization dedicated to improving the education and health of people in the remote Everest region. Since Norgay and Hillary first reached the summit in 1953, more than 4,000 people have finished the climb. Many others try and fail. Some die trying. A famous British climber, George Mallory, was asked why he wanted so badly to climb the mountain. He said, because it is there. Mallory died in his last attempt in 1924, probably without getting to the top. Today, hundreds of people climb Mount Everest each year. Thousands more hike to the base camp at the foot of the mountain. Is that too many people? Who will clean the trash they leave behind on once pristine slopes? The Kumbu region of Nepal, where the mountain is located, is home to Sherpa people like Tenzig Norgay. Their villages, connected by steep paths, teeter on ridges and dot the lower slopes of the mountain. Stone arches and rows of prayer wheels welcome travelers. Rounded stupas or chortens topped with Small spires symbolize the Buddha. Suspension bridges sway across rivers and streams. Waterfalls roar. In a short growing season, villagers harvest barley, cabbage, and root vegetables from tiny terraced plots. Buddhist monks live and pray in monasteries filled with ancient statues and paintings. Far across the rocky terrain, Snow leopards roam, hunt, and raise their young. The lower reaches of the mountain are home to blue sheep, red pandas, black bears, wild goats, and gray wolves. In the sky, bar-headed geese fly over and through the massive ranges at altitudes deadly to trained mountaineers. But the perfectly evolved cycles of life on the mountain slopes are changing. Glaciers usually melt slowly in the summer. They feed mountain streams and rivers, making life possible for thousands of miles around. Yet, for the last 150 years, the earth has been getting warmer. Climate change caused by burning fossil fuels, by pumping too much carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, is melting the glaciers too quickly. 
Most of the world's nations have agreed to work together to limit climate change, even as scientists warn us that time is running out. Humanity's great challenge is to find ways to protect the snowy world over which Mount Everest looms. Mm. Thank you so much for requesting this book. I have tried to read it before, and it's a tricky one to read um, because there's just so much great content. And I really wanted to try and tell you guys and share the story of this book through this podcast without you seeing all the beautiful pictures. So I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope that you all feel like a steward of this land, like an earth protector, because we all are earth protectors. If you have a special book that you would like to request, please log on to our website at www.motherinthewild.com where you can find the page in our upcoming events. And to purchase this book, please visit the description. There you will find the link to our Amazon affiliate shop.